I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD Let's do it. Let's do it. 196 of the podcast tonight. Welcome, everybody. How are we? How are we doing? What's going on? Hope everybody's doing well. Hope we're all staying healthy, staying safe, living our best lives as best as we can. Um, 196 of the podcast. We're getting up there. Today is December. Let's see. December 19th on a Saturday night as I am recording. As you are listening, it should be, well, depending when I uh, drop this episode, I'm going to say it's going to be sometime Sunday afternoon, uh, maybe Sunday morning. So happy Sunday as you're listening to this. It is the Lord's Day. It is football day <laughs> as well. Uh, but as I'm recording, it is actually uh, fight night for UFC. Um, I tried connecting to the stream. I'm getting booted. Um, kind of too cheap to pay for the actual thing. Um, but you know, one of the sites I stream MMA with is not working tonight, so I can't really get the fight. And I'm too cheap, too cheap, and too not only cheap but too broke to uh, pay for the subscription. <laughs> But um, it sucks because I hear it's a good card. Maybe I'll be able to watch it later if I finish this episode in time. But we've got a lot to discuss, so I don't know. We've got a whole lot to discuss in this one. Um, you know, talking New York Knicks and uh, some shit has been going down for them, man. Huh? Last couple of games of the of the uh, I almost said postseason. <laughs> Maybe that's a good omen. Uh, last couple games of the preseason went really well, so we're gonna dissect it uh, in just a bit. You know, we'll summarize both of those games uh, and then talk about what we liked, what we disliked, and what we hope to see going forward um, from this Knicks squad. <laughs> Yesterday, uh, I, I, you know, I posted something. I don't know, just just one of my many hot takes on on what the Knicks should uh, should should and shouldn't do. And one of my buddies' comments, and you know, somebody who follows the show says. <laughs> Say, say, RJ, you should, um, you should start doing live streams <laughs> like the other big, you know, sportscasters. <laughs> you know, like you know, we've got. I like to listen personally. I like to listen to Knicks fan TV. Um, they're one of my favorites to, to tune into after the games and you know, listen to the post game live stream. Um, I like listening to the Knicks Wall podcast, but they're not live, but. Well, they, they do like live halftime and post game coverages, but like I, you know, so my friends like you should do something like that. I'm like, dude, I don't have a following. <laughs> like, like I don't not not only am I a small time podcaster, I'm smaller than small. Like nobody watches this shit, nobody listens to my shit. So you know, if I did a live stream, it literally be me talking to myself and nobody, literally nobody tuning in. You know, so nobody's even watching or listening to this. I'm sure, but if you are. God, do I thank you for that. <laughs> no, but I, I do this because it's a hobby for me. I enjoy it. I have fun doing it. Um, 
it's also good practice for the future. But I thought that was funny. He's like, you should start a live stream, um, like like the other, you know, Nick Nick, uh, I don't know, hosts, whatever you want to call them, do. And I'm like, dude, I'll, first of all, I'm not even like, I'm not even remotely big for that. You know, if I had like maybe a hundred subscribers, even, which is absolutely nothing, I would do that. But I don't even have a fraction of that. <laughs> I don't even know where to go. But thank you. If you are tuning in, thank you to uh thank you for, for doing so. You know, thank you for tuning in. Um and plus, like if I not to be on the same subject, but if I were to do a live stream, I, I'm not even just I I'm not a big fan of like I don't want to come across as insensitive or I'm not a big fan a fan of like comment threads in answering random people's comments like i just feel like most of the time and i know this because i used to be a keyboard warrior in the past still occasionally get sucked in but like most of the time comment threads man they're just uh, they're this breeding ground for built-up anger right you know it, people will just get personally offended you know when any you know, kind of dissenting opinion is made. You know, logic flies right out of the window and income personal feelings, right? They'll come attack you personally. You know, I just feel like commenters, whatever you want to call them, you know, people that are constantly in a comment section of threads and such, they're not there for intellectual discourse, right? But rather to assert their own opinion resoundingly to make sure that you eventually agree with them. And if you don't, you're an idiot. You know, I, I just, I'm not a big fan of comment sections. I don't think it's a, ugh. Sometimes I even think about limiting my comment section. I don't get, again, I, I get nobody who even tunes in, but like occasionally I'll get that, you know, arrogant guy. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of like that, that communicating with comment threads, you know. I don't know. I guess that's not really a great way to build my podcast, huh? I kind of did it. <laughs> I mean, if I want to get bigger, I probably shouldn't have said that. Um, but no, again, I, I do this because I enjoy it. And hey, you know, if, if I end up getting some people, no, I, I'll, in all seriousness, I'll, I'll communicate with whoever. But, um, you know, for the one, maybe two people that are listening, thank you for stopping by. Uh, once again, I am your host, Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. You're watching BD4. This is episode 196 of the podcast. We are, once again, sponsored by Anchor. So if you haven't checked out the podcast yet, be sure to go to anchor.fm and check us out, BD4. Um, but you can also, you know, listen to us on many other platforms. You can go to Apple Podcasts, uh, you can go to Google Podcasts, Spotify as their own podcast, um, you know, section. And, um, you know, we're on SoundCloud, Radio Public, you know, um, plenty. Wherever you get your podcasts, for the most part, bunch of feeds. Um, and if you want to find all those feeds for the podcast and if you want to keep up with me on uh, social media and um, if you want to subscribe to my blog, I write a blog as well as a podcast. Um, just go to my website for all that fun stuff, you know, just go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com and um, that'll bring you to my website, gives you all my information and stuff, so. 
Yeah, you know, I suppose we get right into it tonight, you know. <laughs> Let's head to break, and um, I guess when we get back from break, we'll touch on the Knicks and, you know, how they concluded their 3-1 preseason. All right, so I'll be right back. All right, so um, we're going to – okay, so <laughs> listen, we're fresh off a – an amazing two games for the Knicks. All right. So it's been fun. All right. So before we even get into it, I'm going to let you know right now. Um, I'm on cloud nine for as high as cloud nine is for Knicks fans. That's where I am at the moment. I'm very excited, very thrilled coming off these couple of games. Um, so I may say some things that are overly positive that I may regret, once the season begins and once this team, you know, starts playing. But, you know, for the sake of it, you know, for the sake of having fun, for the sake of never being able to have much fun as a Knicks fan, why not dig into the over-exaggeration jar tonight, right? Let's stick our hands in that, you know, overly optimistic jar and, and have some fun. <laughs> so let's get into things. Um, So... Here's the thing. It's, um, what is it? Uh, Wednesday night. I just had a brain cramp. I don't even know what I was about to say. I go, here's the thing. I don't even know. I don't know. I forgot. I was going to say something about, um, another NBA team. Now I'm forgetting what I was saying. I don't know. Fuck it. All right. Let's just get right into it. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Wednesday night. Or uh, is it Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday night we get game three. Game three was Wednesday night. It's Knicks-Cavs. Um, and the Knicks end up beating the Cavs 100-93 to um, in a very exciting fashion. Pretty exhilarating game there. Um, it was the first game of the season at MSG. You know, first game in nine months at the Garden. Obviously, without the crowd, it's a whole different feeling. It sucks, but whatever. Um... And heading into that game, Knicks were without a couple of players. They were without Frank Nilakina with the Achilles. Um, they were without Nerlens uh, Noel with the knee. And then Alec Burks was out for personal reasons. So what they did was opted to go Peyton, Bullock, Barrett, Randall, Robinson. Um, and, and, you know, they get off to a pretty poor start. Um, you know, the first maybe four minutes, the Knicks put the Cleveland Cavs into the penalty. You know, Andre Drummond's just abusing down there. And before you know it, you know, the Knicks are giving up three-pointers and pull-up jumpers, and they're down 17-9 to midway through the first after Damian Dotson pulls up for a midi, doing what he does best. You know, uh, the Knicks do kind of get some kind of rhythm, ending the period on a 15-8 to run and ending the period down just 25-24 by the end of the first. You know, a couple of shots by Bullock go in. RJ starts to warm up a little after not taking a shot in the first six minutes, which we're going to rant on later. Um, but the Knicks do kind of find a rhythm. Second quarter begins, and again, the Knicks kind of fall off a little bit. Pretty slow start. Cleveland goes on a 26-10 run. And, uh, you know, a barrage of three-pointers again. You know, the Knicks can't stop them on the perimeter. And Cleveland ends up. I want to say Cleveland ends up scoring 32 points in the period, which was their game high. Um, Drummond continues to, you know, give Robinson issues, and 
eventually has 16 points at halftime, and the Knicks have a 3-for-14 shooting clip from downtown at the half. <laughs> They're not hitting shots. They're not getting open looks. Uh, they can't get to the line, not really getting to the rim. Uh, they're just struggling, but they're still down 57-53 at the break. So you figure, okay, come out the second half with some kind of rejuvenated energy, right? No, <laughs> it was the most, and I'm not even exaggerating, it was probably the most abominable third period I've seen in a long while. And I'm a Knicks fan, so that's pretty bad. And it was a preseason game, it was preseason, we get it, but oh man, I mean, you... you can't really get much worse than how egregious the Knicks were performing in the third period on Wednesday night. <laughs> to summarize it as best as I can, you know, Alfred Payton and Julius Randle, uh, they just continued to hijack the entire offense. And once again, they pretty much just played patty cake. That's the term I like to use with each other. Randall and Peyton just continuing to play the two-man game. Nobody else gets involved. R.J. Barrett, you know, they both miss him a few times in the period, as they always do. Um, Knicks have this pathetic stretch where they go three out of 19 from the floor at one point in the third. And Peyton's out there launching step-back three-pointers, a couple of them. Um, I counted at least one pull-up three-point jump shot. You know, missing all of them, going 0 for 4 from three-point distance and 2 for 12 from the field. And eventually, Randall, uh, not Randall, uh, Peyton, eventually gets benched uh, with a couple minutes left in the third period because of how poor he was playing. Uh, Julius Randall, not much better. You know, uh, spinning into traffic, taking the ball off court. He spins into a triple team, and um, Clyde Frazier starts to call him out. You never hear that. So, you know, Clyde Frazier starts, he uh, says something like, you know, Randall spins into a triple, turns it over, and you hear Clyde, something along the lines of paraphrasing, but this is why Knicks fans, you know, have issues trusting Randall. And you have to believe, you know, is, is Clyde reading uh, Nick's Twitter? Is he on Nick's Twitter right now? You know, is he listening to, you know, uh, I don't know, podcasts from other Knicks fans? Because he knows, he knows what's up. You could start, you, you see, you, you see it. He's starting to say some things that, you know, he normally wouldn't say, you know, as a professional in the industry. So he's kind of, he's kind of saying some, some fun things out there, kind of calling them out. And, um, but yeah, Randall spins into the traffic, makes things worse. And it was just the, again, the most, you know, repulsive looking product you could possibly throw out there. And the Knicks just between Randall and Peyton, a disgusting period for them. Um, uh, but then the fourth quarter comes, you know, and Tibbs does a great job. Um, you know, the Knicks do give up a three-pointer to Wade, um, you know, in the first minute. But Tibbs makes adjustments, and he goes with the second unit, right? He goes with quickly Barrett, um, Knox, Toppin, and Robinson to finish out the game. And boy, was it wonderful. <laughs> About a minute into the period, Knicks are down 17 points, but... Mitchell Robinson kind of starts the engine of it. He uh, swats Don Maker's shot. Um, I think maybe a possession later, he, on the other end, throws down a lob. So that kind of energizes the Knicks, uh, the Knicks out there. And um, that's the play right there, if you're watching. Just showed up on the screen. Um, 
perfect timing. But um, yeah, he kind of energizes the Knicks from there, and they kind of get it going. Uh, Emmanuel quickly starts dishing to everybody. Quickly was the one who threw the lob to Robinson, and you know he changed everything out there. He brought a faster pace. You know, kind of played the uh, quarterback position, uh, so to speak. Just uh, doing an exceptional job playmaking. Um, you could tell he just played with a lot of confidence, a ton of poise out there. Uh, but yeah, the youth was excellent in that fourth quarter. They pushed the pace. The uh, the spacing improved because they had actual actual guys who can create and shoot out there. Uh, they were moving the rock. You know, the offense just looked way more fluid. Um, the defensive intensity again took a step up, and you know, just having a younger, more athletic squad made it more exciting to watch. Um, who would have thought? <laughs> so they eventually, you know, closed the game out on an incredible 21 to seven run. Um, at the start of that run, it's Kevin Knox who hits a three-pointer, you know, making the Knicks, putting the Knicks on like an 8-0 run to start that um, that little barrage. Uh, and then it's like uh, the DSJ follows up with a three-pointer in the next possession. R.J. Barrett gets a breakaway from a Knox outlet pass. Um, you know, Knox then hits another big shot with about two and a half to go, and that shot put the Knicks up 95-93. It's a big three-point shot. Put them up 95-93 for the remainder of the game. The Knicks went on to win, so it was a it was a fun game, man. It was one of those, you know. And I think that fourth quarter was even better, just because of how, you know, disastrous that third period was, right? The the contrast there, I, I guess, made it a little more um, satisfying. Um, so you know what I liked again, the youth won that game. <laughs> you know, just like in the other few games they've won this preseason, the youth. They were plugged in and they provided an immediate spark and they got to finish the game out because of that. You know, quickly, obviously, the player of the night, like I said, just orchestrating out there, directing traffic, um, just being an exceptional passer, seven assists, um, and he eventually ended up with nine points and had a plus 19 in the box score across 25 minutes. Uh, Kevin Knox has 16 points in the night. 14 of those came in the fourth period. Four out of four from the field in the fourth and three for five from downtown overall. Um, the Knicks were just very, uh, very strong. You know, and Knox played a big part of that. Um, you know, he was active all night. You saw him rebounding out there. Uh, he was playing the break. Again, had a nice outlet pass, running the floor, shooting the ball well. He had a couple of dunks, and he drew some contact. So, good game from Knox. DSJ looks solid on Wednesday night. Better offensively, nothing great. Did have two pretty ugly turnovers. Um, but he did have eight points, four assists, and two out of four from deep in 16 minutes. Um, defense was pretty good for him too. That's probably been his strength this preseason was um, the defense. DSJ played very good defense. He had five steals and two blocks. And, you know, just watching him, he looked more engaged. Um, I've got written down here that Toppin, you know, he was good. He actually played good defense. Um, he had eight points, seven rebounds, nothing special. Uh, but he did have a nice throwdown from the dunker spot at the end off of an R.J. Barrett flashy assist. Um, so that was fun. I do want to see Obi kind of play inside the arc more. You know, inside down on the block and in the restricted area, playing to his strength. Um, and we're going to touch on that, you know, once we cover game two. Um, Barrett in game three. Oh, I'm sorry, game four. Um, Barrett in game three, though, was... Uh, he was quiet, but... You know, again, much like Friday night, to be a footnote and still put up 16 points on 50% shooting, going three for three from the field, uh, from the foul line, that's a positive, man. You know, if he's not getting the attention and he's still performing very efficiently. 
Um, it still needs more touches. Again, he started the game out not getting a single shot for the first six minutes. You know, he still stretches like that where he's ignored throughout the game. So we need to do a better job featuring him throughout the entire game consistently. Robinson, um, he got the much-wanted start. Picked up two early fouls on Drummond. Um, you know, Drummond's pretty much just a, a matchup nightmare for Mitch. You know, he's very physical, um, a veteran of the game, a big guy. So, uh, you know, understandable. But Mitch ended up having five fouls, almost fouled out, but they reversed the call. But he did manage to stay in the game, and he played 32 minutes. And when he plays 32 minutes, he's going to be very, very productive on both ends. Um, and he gave the Knicks 13 points, 10 boards, and 4 blocks. You know, that's what you're going to see. Um, you know, so his interior presence was just felt all night. Held Cleveland to a pretty pathetic 50% in the restricted area. Um, and that's a big part of Mitch being down there. Um, I thought it was a well-coached game from Tom Thibodeau. You know, Dibs was, was just, you know, again, he, you got to give him credit for making adjustments late in that, in that game, entering the fourth quarter, you know benching Peyton and Randall for the remainder that was huge and right after that the Knicks end up you know looking sharp so um and you know you don't want it's it's bad with those two players man it's fucking bad um but again we're gonna touch on them in a second um let's 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 take a break and when we get back from break we'll recap game four and then I guess we'll just kind of um you know break down everything else so be right back. Hey guys, just a quick reminder that if you haven't followed me on social media yet or subscribe to the blog or this podcast, just go to my website to do all that stuff at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. Alright, so game four, the final game of the preseason. Alright, hopefully not the final time we'll be having fun because this was really fun. Huh. The Knicks just completely beat down the Cleveland Cavaliers in this one um, with a just an incredible victory, you know, going, uh, what was it, a 36-point victory, winning by a score of 119-83. to It was just a really well-played game. Um, you know, you, you fucking, you gotta love the way they played. But before the game, we get a lot of notes here that so many guys are not going to be in in the lineup. Uh, a lot of injuries. Uh, Burks, out again. MKG, still not ready. Uh, DSJ, out. Peyton, out. Noel, sits. Uh, Rivers, not ready yet. Spellman, hurt with a hamstring injury. And Frank, still with the Achilles. So all those guys picked up DNPs. And into the lineup, the Knicks fans wanted to see him, and they got him. They got IQ um, as the starting point guard. Bullock at the two, RJ on the wing, and Randall and Mitch in the front court at the four and five. <clears throat> um, so yeah, you know, a quick summary. Um, you know, it, it's not you know, when, when you win by this much. There's not really much you can uh, take from it, you know, specifically, but because everybody just played well. But um, 
you know, they get off to just a 17-5 run. They're pretty much just mauling the Cleveland Cavs out of the gate. Um, you know, it, it was, you know, my I have barely any notes for game two, uh, for game four, because, again, it's just, there's not much else you could say. Um, so a 17-5 run, you know, quickly hits his first three shots. Um, Randall assisting at the top of the key. Um, the Knicks end up, you know, entering the second up 41 to 18. So <laughs> halftime, it's like 72 to 35. So just a blowout from wire to wire. Um, third quarter comes, uh, you know, slow out of the gate. The Knicks were a couple of three balls from CD Osman. Is that how you say his name? I believe so. Um, puts the Cavs on a 6-0 run. So angry Tibbs, you know, the boomer and Tibbs comes out and he calls a TO a couple minutes into the period. Um, and, you know, the Knicks then pick up the pace afterwards. RJ and Mitch, you know, start to connect. He throws a lob to, or no, like a, like a, what do you call it? Like a dump off pass to Mitch. So they display some of their chemistry. Uh, Emmanuel quickly threw down a dunk in the third period, which I didn't know he had in him. Uh, Kevin Knox hits his sixth triple of the night in the, in the period with about a minute left giving the Knicks over 100 points in the uh, first three quarters. <clears throat> so they enter the fourth quarter up 103 to like 50, what, seven? I don't know. They were up like almost 50. Um, so, you know, from there on out, it was pretty much just let the uh, the reserves get minutes. So that's what they did. Garbage time. And you got Powell, Iggy, Pinson, Harper, and uh, Bryce Brown was his name, come into the game. <laughs> so... You know, Powell saw his first minutes of action, like six minutes towards the end of the game. Wasn't much. Um, Iggy had some reckless moments, but whatever. And, you know, whatever. The Knicks end up winning the game by 36 points. It was it was a wire-to-wire. -wire, I'm pretty sure it was a wire-to-wire -wire victory. So, again, what I liked, literally everything. It's the youth movement, right? We continue to see that the kids are doing this. The kids are playing well, and that's what Knicks fans want. Um, you know, I think from these two games... You need Emmanuel quickly to be your starting point guard, point guard out of the gate, right? Let's let's cut the shit, let's be real, let's stop, you know, dancing around it. He he has earned. It. If we're gonna use, you know, if Tom Thibodeau is gonna say, you know, which he did a few you know weeks ago or whatever, that you have to earn your role on this team. Right when they were talking, they asked him about development. He said, "You still have to earn your spot." I mean, uh, I'm expecting quickly to be in there on Wednesday night then, because he fucking earned it, and Alfred Payton certainly did not. And it, it just makes more sense, right? You have a point guard in quickly who you drafted because you know he can do certain things that Payton can't. Right? You know, you drafted quickly because you know he can push the pace, uh, because he can shoot threes and space the floor. You know, which you need. You know, he's a modernized point guard, unlike Alfred. Um, he gets everybody involved, not just one guy. He plays the perimeter, you know, on defense. Uh, pick and roll capable. Had a couple of nice pick and roll plays early in the first on Friday. Uh, it just has a high IQ, no pun intended. You know, so, so with quickly, you know, again, just his big thing is his shooting. It's just such a drastic difference. You know, a playmaking point guard who can't shoot versus a shooting point guard who has playmaking capabilities. You'll take the latter there. You know, he's young. 
he's actually talented, there you go. When Quickly's on the floor, defenses aren't going to be going behind screens anymore. They're going to have to play above, over the screen, and fight over it. They're not going to be able to just pack the zone every single time the Knicks go out there. You're not going to see that anymore if, if you can continue to get the spacing you do with IQ on the floor. You know, so so I say enough of the bullshit. I say enough of the slow walking, right? There's no need for that. If he looked lost out there and looked like he absolutely didn't know what he was doing, okay, yeah, I could understand not starting him. But with how he looked and, again, with what Thibs said, what, what Tom, Thibodeau, oh, Tom Thibodeau fucking said, you got to give him the go. Got to give him the keys for now and let him go out there and do it. You know, great on Wednesday night, Friday night, even better. 22 points, 7 for 12, 3 for 5 from deep, 5 for 7 at the line. 7 fouls drawn, or 7 trips to the line. Pulling some Lou Williams shit. Drawing fouls on jumpers. Guy knows how to play. He's smart. He had 5 assists and 5 steals as well. So, again, just a very adept player adept player at you know using his craft so I, I loved what I saw loved it like the floater he displays I, listen it's preseason we get it but wouldn't you rather have a modernized point guard than some stop some fucking stop gap who won't be here next season you know why, why, you're not going anywhere no matter who you play, the Knicks won't be contending. So wouldn't you rather not contend with guys who are going to be here long-term that you drafted as opposed to not contending with guys who won't be here? <laughs> it's just common sense. And again, he just makes this team better than, <clears throat> excuse me, than with Peyton, right? He's better for the youth. He's a modernized point guard. And that's all we Knicks fans have been wanting forever. All right, so... I'm not saying he's your next point guard of the future. No, 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 no. I don't think so. I think eventually he'll be, you know, um, back delegated back to the bench. Is that the right term? I was trying to find the right term for that. But um, relegated, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. But eventually I don't think he'll be the starting point guard of the Knicks' future. But for now, while you're trying to get some answers, you know, while you're trying to find someone, maybe, Put him out there, see what he does, and maybe he is that guy. If he's not, he's not. But at least he's going to be better in a bunch of ways than Alfred Payton. So, you know, in my mind, there's no question about it. You got to let him go out there um, on Wednesday night and, you know, and be that be that lead guard. You know, he needs at least 27 minutes, 27 to 30 minutes. That would be my goal. Um, but he he improves everybody. You know, he improved it not he. I think he unlocked, he could, he could. If he keeps playing like this, he could unlock Knox's potential here, right? Knox is a big thing, you know. Obviously, you got to give him consistent minutes. That's been a struggle. Um, you know, you need to put him with, with the right coach. You know, Fizdale, I think, ruined him. Um, but putting a functioning, and again, modernized point guard out there, you know, putting Knox around, putting the right lineup around Knox and the right point guard with him, I think you're going to get a better product. And you got that in the last couple of games, right? Friday night, 20 points on six for seven from three-point distance. You know, 
Knox isn't a creator. He's not going to do it himself. Very rarely you'll see him handle the ball. But he's going to be a catch-and-shoot guy if he ends up being what we think he could be. right? And that's what he was doing. He was nailing those catch-and-shoot three-pointers from the corner on Friday night. And we know Thibs likes to use the corner. Tibbs likes to use those quarters. So, you know, and he was also saying how he wants Knox to take smart shots. Well, that's what Knox was doing. Open shots, the shortest three-pointer you can get, shots coming off the catch and shoot, in the flow of the offense. He just looked good. And, and so I think it's all about confidence. If you can get Knox to have one good game, have another good game, I think he can build off of that. So, got to have quickly out there so Knox can thrive. Um, same thing can be said with Barrett, right? I think for Barrett to thrive, he must start off quickly. He likes starting. He likes to get hot in the first quarter and kind of build off of that. And I think starting quickly at the top of games, that would help RJ thrive. You know, get him going early. Unlike Peyton, who, again, like on Wednesday night, ignores him for the first six and a half minutes. Um, but RJ was pretty good this uh, this preseason. And again, on Friday night, a footnote, despite putting up 15-5 and three steals. You know, he continued to take good shots, shots that he's good at, attacking the rim, playing out of the post, absorbing contact, hitting the mid-range now, hitting his free throws now, you know. So he was much more efficient this preseason, over 50%, um, I think 80, north of 85% from the line. Don't know the exact percentage, but um, I know he was 80% after the first three games, and then he went 5 for 5 of the fourth game, so... It's definitely around that mark of 85. Um, the three ball is still a bit concerning. You know, I don't ever think he's going to be a great three-point shooter, but I still would like him to at least be an existent, you know, product out there and maybe shoot around 35%. You know, 34, the worst. 35 would be ideal. But I don't know, man. He's looking really bad. I don't think he had more than one. He was like one for... It was in double figures, the attempts, you know. That's the big concern there. But everything else looks really good. Barrett looks like he's really improved everywhere else. Just has to become a better three-point shooter. You know, somewhat average. Just, you know, we don't want you being the next DeMar DeRozan. I don't. <laughs> you know, be more of a Jimmy Butler, right? If that makes sense, you know. And, and you know, people are hoping that Tom Thibodeau will use RJ in that Jimmy Butler role. Uh, but yeah, I thought he had a good preseason and a good Friday night. Uh, Mitch, again, doing what he does when he gets starts. Um, he played fantastic defense, first and foremost. You know, didn't pick up a single foul in 27 minutes last night. Um, eight points, 12 rebounds, four blocks, no fouls. You know, his length at the rim is just so huge. Even if you exclude the blocks for a second, just having his ability to alter possessions, right? Alter shots and change the opposing player's mind. You know, if someone's going up for a shot, they see Mitch up there with his wingspan, they're going to try to pass out of it. You know, that might lead to a turnover. You know, that might lead to a sloppy pass or a poor shot. Mitch impacts any anytime somebody goes into the restricted area, Mitch is impacting that possession. Just huge down there defensively. Um, and, and good on the offensive glass. A tank on the offensive glass. Five more rebounds on Friday night, so he extended five more possessions. Just very strong, very strong. He looked very strong um, despite the foul woes. Um, but again, Friday night, nothing. So that was, you know, nice to see. 
Uh, Randall, I thought he actually looked pretty good. You know, I thought he looked like the Randall we need on uh, on Friday. You know, and, and that's what happens when you don't have uh, when he doesn't have his buddy ball pal in Alfred Payton to kind of uh, you know play that patty cake game, right? No Payton to just pass him the ball the entire time, and so what happens? Well, Randall only gets six shot attempts, and he starts moving the ball. He swings the rock, and he ends up with a team-high eight assists. You know, so six shots, 50%, eight assists, and he only played 24 minutes. You know, he looked much more efficient, though. Um, didn't hog possessions, no spin moves, no, you know, unnecessary isolations. Um, didn't take a three-point attempt. He was good. He, he played smart ball, you know. I'll take that. You know, I think he's a winning player when he can play off the ball more. Right when he's not dominating the ball, um, do I think that's going to happen? You know, do I? <laughs> I don't know how much control Tibbs can have uh, over one player, but it would be nice. You know, I, I still think though he's going to have to be moved eventually. Um, but he did play. You know, like I, I've mentioned before, the way Tom Thibodeau has used his bigs in the past has been exactly the way Randall played. It was exactly the way Randall played on Friday. Right at the top of the key, playmaking. We've seen Joakim Noah do that under Thibodeau. Um, we've seen Taj Gibson do that. We've seen a couple of bigs that he's coached play like that. And so I think he gets the best out of them. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, I'm not going to be too optimistic there after one preseason game. But um, Bullock even did, <laughs> did pretty well. You know, Bullock's been pretty shit, in my opinion, since becoming a Nick. But he was 6 out of 7, 3 from 4 from deep, uh, goes for 17 and 5 rebounds. Uh, some good shooting, a couple nice cuts, and played some defense. So that was nice. Obi Toppin goes for 6-6. Six and six, um, Did have four assists in 27 minutes. You know, that's one thing if you're going to point out his offensive struggles, sure. Um, but he was pretty quiet. But the passing, I thought, was very exceptional. I thought he displayed some very good passing. And we knew he was a good passer at Dayton. Um, but it's really translated very well. You know, he had some pretty baseline driving passes. Um zip passes, jump passes, you know, a very versatile passer, um, very good all-around playmaker. So that was fun. Uh, and the Randall Toppin pairing so far hasn't killed us, okay? Um, but if we're using the, you know, it's the Cavs, it's the preseason excuse for everything else, we're going to go ahead and use that notion here as well. So <laughs> I still don't think that's a very good pairing to experiment with. Um, but really, that's really it. You know, again... The guys looked good. Um, Jared Harper had a four-point play. I have that written down. Uh, Theo Pinston, longer arms than I thought. <laughs> I wrote that down. He played good D. You know, a couple of blocks, I think. Um, uh, although I don't think too highly of him as you know, a player on this roster. Um, Iggy looked a bit reckless, I have, but he did show some promise with, uh, let's see, uh, 17 minutes he played, uh, and he got five rebounds, two assists, and a block. Looked like he was a little bit like Randall out there sometimes, but... Uh, Whatever. And Miles Powell, again, just six minutes. Uh, didn't do much. Um, he's probably G League bound uh, for now. But again, the Knicks had a good Friday night, hitting their threes, getting to the line, converting, moving the ball, pushing the pace, spacing the floor, playing defense intensively, and you know, just being a competitive, watchable product. You know, they were, uh, they were 15 for 29 from distance. That's 52%. Still would like to see them take more threes, even though they converted. You know, eventually they're going to have to start taking three-pointers at a, an average rate at least since they do have more shooters on the roster this year than they do last year. 
you would hope it improves the percentage, but if the percentage does improve, you hope that they can also increase the volume. 79% um, from the stripe on 33 attempts. Uh, and my favorite of Friday night, 27 assists, 15 steals versus just 13 turnovers. So that's a plus. So uh, defensively, the Knicks were playing D with their hands. You know, very active in the, in the passing lanes once again. Uh, and their hands were always above their waist. You, you, nobody was lackadaisical out there. Nobody was flat-footed. You know, Tom, listen, Tom Thibodeau has this team playing good defense. The defense is clearly ahead of the offense right now for the Knicks. So, you know, everybody's on their toes. Everybody looks, you know, their heads up. It looks like he has this team playing with energy. Um, for the millionth time, I know it is preseason. I get it. Um, but I hope, you know, I, I hope and pray that this Knicks team eventually plays like this um, in the regular season. You know, I want to see the youth out there. You know, I want to see Emmanuel quickly at point guard. You know, I, the last person I want to see at point guard is Alfred 20% Peyton, okay? Um, so, yeah. Somebody made a really funny joke. I was listening to, again, I was watching Knicks fan TV um, on the post game after Friday night. And somebody calls in. He goes, <laughs> it's really funny. Um, oh, no, they were talking about somebody who called in or, or you know, I think CP was talking about somebody who called him privately the night before, and he was saying to CP, um, do you think quickly took number five? Because he knew he was going to take Dennis Smith Jr.'s spot. Because DSA now is number four this year. I thought that was, I thought that was great. That was pretty funny. But um, hey, I hope I hope the best for, for quickly. I really hope he gets the start on Wednesday night in Indiana. Um, but we'll see what happens, you know. Um, so that's it, guys. I, I I think I've said my piece. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. You know, so let's get to the NYY NYK question of the day, and then we'll wrap this thing up. All right, so um, in episode 195, last episode, I asked you guys, what was Patrick Ewan's highest point total as a Nick? Or I'm, I'm sorry, which year? Okay, so which year did Patrick Ewing tile his high up? Uh, fucking can't talk. Which year did Patrick Ewing total his highest points total? All right, I still didn't word that correctly. Gosh. But you know what I'm trying to say. Which year did Patrick Ewing tally his highest points total um, as a Nick? So let me know the answer to that question. Tell me the year. That's what I told you to tell me. And uh, the answer to it for 195 was it was 1992 where he totaled 1,970 points. All right. So now that we mustered through that, <laughs> God, I can't speak sometimes. I apologize. Um, tonight's question, though. For episode 196, our NYY NYK question of the day, which school did Walt Clyde Frazier attend? All right, simple as that. Which college did Walt Frazier attend before being drafted? All right, so guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, thank you for listening, for watching the podcast. If you haven't done so and subscribe to the podcast, be sure to do that right now. Go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Once you're there, You'll be able to find that page that takes you to um, 
my connections, you know, how to reach me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and where to subscribe to the pod on and, you know, where to find the blog. So that's it, guys. Thank you so much. Um, I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas. You know, obviously our next episode won't be until the second game of the season concludes. So that's after Christmas. So I hope everybody has a very Merry Christmas. God bless you all. Stay safe. Stay happy. Keep living your life. Lives. And um, go Knicks, I guess. <laughs> let's hope that we uh, let's hope that we keep this up, though. Uh, seriously, in the regular season, you know, I hope that we can at least be watchable this year. And um, again, it's not about the win total for me. It's just about how we get our wins, right? I don't think we're going to be very good. So, with that having said, um, having said that, I, I do want to get whatever kind of win, however many wins we do end up with. I hope it's with. You know, the Quickleys, the Barretts, the Toppins, the Robinsons, the Knoxes of the world. And not, you know, the Paytons, the Noels, the Burks, the Rivers. Not the guys who aren't going to be here. I hope we, we prioritize youth once and for all. That's all I want this year. And I'm pretty sure any Knicks fan who watches them 82 games a year, you know, like the loser I am, um, I'm pretty sure they would agree, though. So, guys, thanks for tuning in. And I'll see you next time. All right. Ciao. Merry Christmas. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.